Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Stephanie Hubka, the 2023 Vice President of Membership and Outreach, as well as a member of the Pod Squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. Our pod squad also includes Helena Hodges, our Vice President of Finance and Operations, and our producer, and my co-host, Christina Eanes, who is our 2023 Vice President of Marketing and Communications, and she is unfortunately missing us for this episode. But I am thrilled to have an opportunity to chat with our guest for this week, and I am going to be spending some time today with Lisa Kristen. Welcome, Lisa. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here today, Stephanie. I am so excited to have a chance to spend some time with you and with our topic for today. We're going to be talking about emotional articulation. I am really excited to learn more about this. But before we do, I'd love it if you would tell our listeners a little bit about you. Yes, I would love to. I am an executive coach. I am based in Switzerland, but fun fact for all the listeners there. Yes, I am originally from New York, but I went to school at the University of Maryland. I studied politics, so I worked in D.C. and my my heart is still there. Um, oh. but, but my husband is here in Switzerland, so I followed <laughs> my heart over here as the well. The other part of the heart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, But as I came to Switzerland, I did have to leave politics and the fun of DC behind. And I started working in, obviously, with businesses and figuring out how do I get the best performance out of people. And so at the moment, I do executive coaching for really, really ultra elite performers. I'm talking, you know, CEOs, executive boards, sure, but also billionaires, royalty, um, celebrities, people who are really being watched at their top performance and need to know how to get to that next level. Uh, And I'm also, this is important for our listeners, I'm also the CEO of a boutique leadership development firm. So we do work with Fortune 500 companies, probably with the companies that, you know, the listeners are working at now. And so we're Mm -hmm. often talking with HR departments, chatting, how do we get the best performance out of employees at all levels of the organization? So I sort of wear those two hats. That is... First of all, you have an amazing background. I, I'm a little envious of the fact you're in Switzerland. I absolutely love it there. And although I'm very tempted to turn this conversation into learning a little bit about some of those exciting people you may be working with, I, I'm very excited to learn more about emotional articulation. So this is a topic I feel like I either know about but haven't heard it referred to in such a way, or I'm about to learn a whole lot about something fascinating. So maybe the right place for us to begin is what is emotional articulation? I'm so glad you asked because I've actually <laughs> made it up. So Did you, you really? I, yes. So I oh, don't that's think awesome. you've heard it before. <laughs> that's great. And I, I want to. I'm going to. I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to give a little bit of a background because okay. I work with these ultra elite performers. Yeah. Many of them had learned, especially from an early age. You played sports early on. You learned about emotional regulation. You learned about mm. mental strength. Right? Yes. I know how to oh, be of course. Tough. I don't let my emotions run the show. Mm. And I started to realize, but actually they're missing out on information because you're so tough. I can handle anything. I can power through anything. I can get through anything. You've actually stopped listening to what do you really want? What do you really need? Yeah. 
And so part of this process was almost like there's level one, which is we just let our emotions run the show. Okay. We're born like that. I mean, I have young children, <laughs> believe me, they let it happen. Of course. Right. And then we think, oh, we have to learn this mental strength, this emotional regulation. This is what a lot of emotional intelligence is all about. And for mm. me, that's level two. But to get to that next level of level three, it is to show up to your emotions so curious, so ready to understand what they are, that you can actually use them to learn what's the root cause of what's really going on. And then how do I solve yeah. that problem? That is fascinating. Yes. And I'd imagine that is really hard for people to do. It, it sounds like, especially at that level three, I mean, we're talking about a, t a level and a type of vulnerability that a lot of people are probably not very comfortable with, even when thinking about themselves. I mean, there's vulnerability at work, which is hard enough. But for a lot of us, it can be very difficult to even want to get to know ourselves that well. A hundred percent. So this is, I mean, there are so many reasons why we don't practice emotional articulation. Yeah. And most of them is, well, first and foremost, we don't have the vocabulary. Do you know that oh, yeah. at least 50% of people, when you ask them how they're feeling, good, bad. Sure. They don't really know more beyond that. Okay, maybe I nowadays will get stressed, right? <laughs> or angry. Right. There are seven more or less basic emotions, anger, sadness, embarrassment. And people sort of know those words. What they yeah. don't know is more words beyond that. Mm. And so... The first thing I started doing, and this is just, this is not yet emotional articulation. This is just knowing the vocabulary of emotions to get beyond I'm angry. Okay. And once we get to, okay, I'm angry. I'm annoyed. I'm irritated. I'm hurt. I'm upset. I'm, okay. So what ended up happening when we do this emotional labeling is people would go, oh, okay, I did a good job. I said, I'm angry. I didn't just say yeah. bad. I said, I'm angry. Job done. Now I move of on. Of course. Right? Now Absolutely. I regulate that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 Hold on. Stay there. Stay with the discomfort of the emotion and figure out what's really going on. Yeah. And that's what emotional articulation is about. Wow. The, and the visual of that is incredibly helpful. I understand where a lot of people would get to that. I guess it's a level two where I have found a different word than bad and I've used it and I'm happy with that and I'm going to stay there and we're good to go. Exactly. I would imagine for a lot of people, it's very difficult though to stay in that moment. I'm curious, especially in your role in working with what sounds like a very diverse group of people, yes. how do you encourage them to stay with that discomfort? Because I know for a lot of us, whether we're in a typical work scenario or even in those uncomfortable moments just in our own skin, it can be so easy to say, I'm not going to stay in this space. I am going to go off and do something else, take my mind off of this. How do you help people to stay in that moment? Yes. So here's the thing. Most people want, for, at least for these ultra high performers who you're going to have working in your offices are these people who are really resilient, ultra resilient. Yeah. And they go, I just want to solve the problem. I just got to get it done. Right? right. And I help them to understand, actually, if your goal is really good performance, if your goal is, for example, for HR professionals, we want growth mindset, right? In our organizations. Yeah. If that's our goal, 
hang out just that 30 seconds longer. And I even sometimes you say you need five seconds of micro courage. That's it. Five mm. seconds. Micro courage. Exactly. Because five seconds, you can do anything, right? <laughs> I so think so. It's like it feels really bad. You want to bounce back. Five seconds mm-hmm. more. Five seconds. Come back. Right. And there's even a visual that I'll sometimes draw. I'll draw it here for those watching and then I'll explain it for those listening. Right. You also yeah. think of it as a U shaped drop. Right. And oh. what happens is when the emotions start to feel bad, we run because yes, it doesn't do. feel good. <laughs> so <laughs> we try to bounce out. And I say, no, until you naturally hit the absolute bottom of the U curve which I call the shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until you've hit that and you're able to sit in the shit, you're yeah. not actually going to get to the heart of what's causing your problems. Right. And you're going to keep running. And the problem with running and running, running from our emotions is yes. it's the same thing as me saying to you, don't think about a pink elephant. And then you're thinking about a pink elephant. And then I'm saying, but really, don't think about that pink elephant. Remember, do not think about this pink elephant. And then all your energy goes to, okay, don't think about the pink elephant. Think about something else, not the elephant. Don't think about a gray elephant, right? And you spend so much energy running. Much easier to actually have your five seconds of micro courage, sit in the shit, and you will find your way out. And then it's done. Wow. That... The visual helps, really, because it can be very difficult to think about how much time and energy would be expended in what is going to feel like a really challenging moment. You know, when you think about it being perhaps a moment of micro courage or you're going to hit the bottom, but you are going to get to bounce back up to the top, it starts to make it feel a little bit more attainable. Yes. And I'm wondering too, I know know, I'm thinking about some of what you've shared so far. And I think this is so valuable for individuals, just so helpful to put yourself in this position. What does this look like at work? Because I'm thinking there are probably some great implications for if you are talking about emotional articulation as part of, say, a team of people. Yes. So there's like next levels of emotional articulation, which is even to start to figure out and articulate for other people what they're thinking. That's like the next level on team. That's got to be hard to do. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Once you get used to it, once you build your vocabulary, it starts to make a lot of sense. So for example, I coach a lot of, like I said, top management senior leaders. Yeah. And they're going, nobody on my team is going to making a decision. And they always come to me and they want me to make the decisions. And I want them to feel that accountability and responsibility. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, great. Okay. What are they feeling? They're afraid. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid that things are going to go wrong, right? But here's the thing. And then I will help with articulation. And I'm going to quiz you a little bit, Stephanie. Let's, 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 let's put you in the hot seat here. (laughs) Because this is where the articulation part makes a difference, not just the labeling, but understanding the difference between two words that sound very similar that we use interchangeably. What do you think is the difference between bravery and courage? Oh, wow. That is a really good question. Bravery to me often feels a little bit more external. It's that idea of putting on a brave face versus courage, which sometimes feels a little bit more internal to me. But I think that may be how I have used those words in different contexts. So that's what I would offer up. First of all, that's really good. I love that one. (laughs) 
There isn't okay. necessarily a right answer. I mean, if you go and look things up in the dictionary, sometimes the yeah. dictionary actually just refers like to courage and bravery interchangeably. Sometimes the dictionary right. really isn't helpful. So right. I would encourage everybody to start to build their own dictionary. Now, mm. for me, when I think of the difference between bravery and courage, bravery is when you do something that's very brave, but you don't feel any fear. Mm. So I'll give you an example. My husband loves to race sports cars. He doesn't go, I, if I'm trying to drive like, you know, 200 miles an hour at a racetrack in a Porsche, like, blah, I'm terrified, no you know? Yeah, no doesn't happen. <laughs> but he's cool, calm. He loves it. This is what he does for fun, right? So he's brave, but it's yeah. not hard for him because he doesn't feel scared. Courage is you feel the fear and you yeah. do it anyway. <laughs> yes. Right? Oh, I think you're right. So when we're talking, when I'm talking to these senior leaders, I'm like, look, you want to encourage your team. They're going to feel the fear and they need to be coached to name the fear and then do it anyway. Right. So yeah. they need the courage, not the bravery. We don't need yeah. people. We need people who are open to saying, I'm afraid I'm, it's going to fail. I'm afraid I'm going to get blamed. I might get fired. All right. Name it all and then face it so we can move forward with courage. You've used a few words that people are always afraid of at work, fear and failure, because nobody wants to be in a situation where either one of those apply to them. We want to be our best selves. We want to be confident. And failure is so often seen as just such a negative. No one wants to do that, certainly not publicly. And there can be repercussions for that. So I think it's really interesting to hear you talk about what it's like to go into that space at work and the importance as far as that emotional articulation is concerned of kind of addressing that. And even taking these words, for example, Stephanie, we take it to this next level. And when yeah. I'm coaching individuals and I'm, they're talking about this fear of failure, I say, okay, are you feeling ashamed? Are you feeling humiliated? Are you feeling guilty? Are you, and they're going, uh, isn't this all the same thing? And it's like, no, this is where emotional articulation makes a difference. Right. So guilt is, um, you know, I have my mom guilt. I feel like I want to be this wonderful mom, this amazing CEO, but I can't oh, always sure. live up to my expectations. Right. So I'm feeling guilt when I can't meet my expectations. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling embarrassed when I'm feeling like others are going to be judging me. So, you know, if, if I'm coming on this podcast and all of a sudden I do something embarrassing, I don't know, like I burp, right? Or, you know, something like minor thing, but yeah. I know people are judging me. So sometimes I'm feeling bad about failure, but it's like, is it failure because I have this expectation of how I should show up and I'm guilty that I can't give my hundred percent? Is it embarrassment? I'm afraid people are, are going to laugh at me when I'm giving a presentation. Right. So we start right. to feel these differences. Once you know what's causing what you're really feeling, you can address that. That makes sense. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. And, and this is where this articulation comes in. Again, there are so many other words. Humiliated is when other people are putting you down. So you're feeling like right. they're really making you feel um, 
unimportant or, you know, not considered in some way, then that's maybe standing up for yourself. Maybe you're saying, oh my gosh, it's not actually about me, but I'm feeling, I don't know, as a woman that I'm being talked over and I'm feeling humiliated because my CEO is putting women down and I need to step up into that. Right. Right. So it's not a guilt that I'm not performing. It's a humiliation that it's not appropriate what the CEO is doing. So you again work with whatever is articulation there. But if you don't know these words or you've never thought about the difference between them, they can't, you can't, you use them interchangeably and there's no real new information coming from them. It's, it is so interesting to hear you talk about the differences and I can see the differences as you're you're sharing that. And there's one other area I'd like to talk with you about today too because as we're thinking about what it means to perhaps bring culture or uh, bring emotional articulation into the workplace. I think a part of the challenge that some organizations may have is establishing a culture that invites that and encourages it. And I'm wondering what your experience has been as far as the connection between emotional articulation and company culture or team culture and what organizations might be able to do to provide that kind of support so this kind of work is possible. Yes. I love this question because it's really important to me. People have a preconceived notion of what emotions are, what being emotional is, and how appropriate or inappropriate it is to bring emotions to work. Absolutely. And so what, again, I really want to point out is level one is letting your emotions run the show. That's me pounding my fists on the table. That's me crying in the corner, right? This is when people are afraid of emotions at work. They're afraid of that kind of emotional outburst where it's unreasonable, you know? Yeah. And so they've done this counter where they said, okay, no emotions at work. We're all rational, right? But uh, I mean, I don't want to go into the brain science of it, but Mm. no, if your brain is functioning and you're a a, a healthy, functioning, normal human being, you're Mm -hmm. emotional and your rationality actually comes from the emotions you feel first. So if you're pretending you don't have emotions, you're just ignoring the information that's needed to get to a truly rational conclusion. Yeah. And so when we talk, when I'm talking with teams and we're saying emotional articulation, it's again, it's not really about the emotions. It's about looking for the information, the the data that sits within them. So it's not about being emotional. It's about having a new brand new set of information that's going to like literally bring you to the actual root source of the problem so you can solve it right the first time. Right. And that root source just happens to be emotions, but it's not because we're nice. We don't want to hug each other. I mean, I do. I love hugging people. Don't get me wrong. Oh, of course. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what this is about. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. It's, it is, it, it makes a lot of sense. And it does kind of demonstrate there is that big connection as far as what it looks like to build a culture where people can feel comfortable bringing their emotions into play and to work with them. I mean, it's sort of a big part of what it means to be a human when you think about it. Absolutely. But I even, you know, of, of course, if, I, I give you a, a couple of examples, make it really yeah, simple, yeah. right? So can I quiz you again? Can we have another fun one? We'll see how I do on this one, but absolutely. <laughs> you did so well the first time, A plus already. 
Um, what do you think is the difference between jealousy and envy? Oh, that's a really good one. And you know, I got to tell you, I have put some thought into this and I've actually had some conversations with people and I'm not sure I've ever come up with a definition that I especially like. So I may have to risk my A plus on this one because I am so (laughs) curious to hear what you have to say about that. I've heard a lot of people weigh in as far as jealousy, perhaps being more materialistic and envy is about, you know, kind of other things. I I really want to know what what your take on this is. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you an example of of how it plays out in, in the work world. Right. So I, I was coaching a client and she had a work best friend. And this was her best friend. They loved coming into work together every day. And her work best friend got promoted. Okay. And she was like, you know, how you feeling? Good, bad, right? That's all people know how to articulate. Okay, let's let's go that next level deeper. And I had to ask her, are you jealous or are you envious? Mm. I don't know. One is she got this promotion and I'm jealous because I want, or I'm sorry, I'm envious because I wanted the promotion. She got something that I wanted that I'm not getting envious. Sure. But I asked her, are you jealous as in you think now she's not going to have time to be your work best friend. She's going to have other peers. She's going to make a new best friend who's coming in, whatever. And now you're being left out from this work relationship. Right. And it turned out it was that. She was really happy, actually, that her friend had been promoted. And most people would have thought, oh, it's just because she got promoted and I didn't. When you articulate and you figure it out, then the solution to solve that problem was to go chat with her friend and say, Hey, let's make sure we have time in the calendar. I don't want to lose you. I really, you know, our relationship's really important. And they could keep that connection because she had articulated the difference between jealousy and envy. That's a great example. This is when we talk about how to solve uh, the people problems. And please, yeah. everybody who's listening, if you work in HR, you know there are people problems at work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it comes down to these kinds of articulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I, I was going to say, I feel terribly in a way that we are already coming to the end of our conversation. These 20 minutes have flown by as far as learning something new. I got to tell you, this is an area that I had not spent a lot of time really thinking about. And I don't think I'm going to be able to stop thinking about some of this, (laughs) especially the examples that you share are so relatable because, you know, even with the last one, I think a lot of us have been in a situation where someone at work has got something that we wanted. And in some cases, it is what sounds to me like pure envy. I wanted that. I've worked hard and I want what someone else has. And then there's that other side to it, which is if you have a friend. Well, what happens to our relationship? How does something good that happened to you impact me? And will that impact be negative? There are a lot of times where we don't sit with that to think about how we actually feel. And in some cases, maybe even deescalate what we think we feel because, yes. you know, if we pick the right word and we assign the right emotion to it, it might help us to 
pick better strategies. That's right. And Stephanie, I just need to add before we close on our topic, oh, of when, course. when you just said that with emotional articulation, let's say for, for this person, it was jealousy. But for you, yeah. let's say, um, excuse me, I'm going to use you as an example. Let's say Please it's do. envy. Then I'm yeah. going to say, okay, but envy about what? Because emotional right. articulation is very important that you don't just name one emotion and then say, done. Right. I yeah. always say label at least three because we always have multiple emotions that are going on, often conflicting. Yeah. That's why the term bittersweet exists. Right. Oh, of course. Right. So when you, you know, I mean, I use you as an example, but if you were to say, look, I'm really envious. Do you yeah. feel underappreciated? Right? right. Do you feel um, under recognized? Do you feel um, uh, not good enough? Is it a self-worth issue? Right. And it yeah. could be all three. It could be one. It could be something else. Uh, again, it yeah. could be a man got promoted and you're saying they never promote women. It could All right. sorts of things. Once we can figure out multiple emotions, multiple things that are going on, break it down we then know the right course of action to resolve it instead of just saying, well, now I'm pissed off and I'm going to look for a new job and I'm going to apply somewhere else and I'm going to be mean to my boss, right? That is letting our emotions run the show. We want to be curious to the information they're giving us so we know how to then best act in our interests. I know you mentioned that emotional articulation is a kind of a term that you coined. And I think there will be a lot of people using it after this episode because <laughs> there is so much to unpack here. I'm really glad we got to start. I know, I feel like we could probably talk for another hour about this, Maybe. which I really wish we could do. But <laughs> we are at the point in our conversation where we turn things over to a final set of three questions that we ask everybody who joins us on our podcast, our rapid fire questions. I am excited that you are ready. They are designed to be answered fairly quickly, 60 seconds or less. And I think since you are ready, I'm just going to throw the first one at you. Let's do it. First question for you today is give us one book that everyone must read and why. Okay. Because we're on the topic of emotional articulation, I'm going to say Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. It's basically a dictionary. Yes. But here's the tip. Here's the insider tip. You have to buy the book, but also get the audio book and listen to her because you feel so connected. You hear the stories. Mm -hmm. She repeats things you love. And then you can go back to the book and highlight But to get the experience of the real emotion, you have to listen to Brene as she's reading it. (laughs) You have just given me a homework assignment. I love that book. I own that book, but I have not listened to her read that book. So now I've got something I can do. Oh, I I love that. That's a great choice, by the way. Next question for you. What is one tool that you can't live without? Nonviolent communications. So this is a, this is a, uh, I, I avoided it for years because I didn't like the term nonviolent. I thought I'm not violent. Uh-huh. I don't know what this is. Oh, it's rapid fire. Sure. So tool is you really start to figure out what do people really need? What are the feelings when their needs aren't being met? How do you stay yep. unattached from the result? This is a tool or a process that I would say could solve all the world's problems. Nonviolent communication. Yeah. I really, really like that one. That's, I think there are a lot of people who could benefit from that. 
good choice. Again, uh, you're two for two. Let's see. Three for three. Last question for you is, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Okay. I, I think this is really going to like take the cake here. You ready? Okay. As long as you're still alive, everything else is figure outable. So uh. <laughs> even if it feels really hard, even if you feel like you're sitting in the shit, you know, you've lost your job, you're getting a divorce, a parent has just mm. died. It's all hard. Don't get me wrong. It's hard. And we can do hard things. If yeah. you're dead, you can't do anything. Other than That's that, great. there's a way forward. And there's time. There's You've got time to do something time. about whatever it is. Wow. That is really good advice. That's actually a really great way to wrap things up for today. Yeah. I really like that one. Lisa, this has been such a pleasure. I feel like I have learned so much from you over the course of just 30 minutes. So I am really glad that you joined me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for good questions and for allowing me to share the good word and helping people get through all of this stuff. We can do this together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you for for really being out there advocating for these types of conversations and this work. I think you are doing an amazing service to a lot of people. So I, I'm so glad we had a chance to chat today. And of course, a big thank you to everyone in our listening community for being here with us today. And before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Are you interested in learning more about the Metro DC chapter of ATD or following us on social media? Go to dcatd.org and click on About. Check out dcatd.org for upcoming chapter events, learning programs, member benefits, and so much more.